Welcome into another episode of the Young Turks Podcast. I'm Ed Gaffier and Mason Viner. Uh, FYI for all of you listening, I'm recording this from the car uh, between the Northwestern Center of Performing Arts and the Northwestern Visitors Center, so apologize for any background noise in advance, but it was a brutal day to leave the state of Maryland, Ahmed. Uh, the Terps fall at Northwestern 33-27. to Let's start it off with some instant takes per usual. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like uh, you talked about on Tuesday, you know, uh, it's been three weeks since we've had a, uh, you know, look of success, you know, looking forward to kind of putting that behind us. And, you know, we ended up seeing more of this, what we saw against Illinois. Um, just really another game, you know, uh, unforced error, discipline, the drops, uh, loom large, um, touchdown, went through Sean Jones' hands, Ty Felton had a key drop right before the game ceiling interception. Um, again, just felt maybe a little less like a, a game of what ifs against Illinois. Um, but it really did feel like Northwestern was the clear better team today. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I, I think that, look, Maryland just didn't bring it today. I mean, on the field, it didn't really seem like when they came out of the tunnel that they were necessarily happy to be there. And, and it was a dead environment uh, at Ryan Field today. It was it, There was barely anybody in the stands and, and Maryland – Look, it's back-to-back games and where they need to bring their own energy, and they just failed to do it. I mean, it didn't really look like anybody was happy to be playing football uh, today on the Maryland sideline, and it showed in the performance. They were outplayed. Northwestern is a team with, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's background still there, and that's a team that's going to give 100% effort all the time. And David Bronze continued that, bringing the North Dakota State philosophy to it. And clearly, uh, Jay Sean Jones, Ruben Hipplite, Mike Oxley all said it. They, they were more intense they out hit us they out efforted us and that is something that i think every maryland fan contributor anybody that's anything to do with this program absolutely hates to hear a head coach and two of your leaders say that yeah um i think you know obviously you know i, I tweeted after the game you know this is probably the worst loss of the like loxy era and it probably is you know when you think about it's tough hearing that yeah it's tough hearing that from you know your 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 fourth year your your sixth year your starters um in year five of the program and, uh, you know, prayed uh, every time you had a mic in front of the coaches or the players before the season started, it was ready for big time championships, you know, elevate that expectation. And, um, you know, I think Northwestern, you know, when, when, when obviously they went through that coaching change, a lot of people looked at them and said, Hey, you know, maybe they will be the, 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 the easy team this year, but you know, it was pretty clear early on in the first week or two um, that this Western team wasn't going to just, you know, completely roll over. But again, I, it just really didn't feel like Maryland. That was the the issue with Maryland. I mean, Maryland, you know, look at how they started off offensively, being able to generate the 36 yard uh, uh, big play by Keaton Prather there, the eight yard touchdown to generate a score and then generate sacks on second and third down uh, to force Northwestern punt. Um, and then, you know, ever since then, you know, Talia had the, Fumble looked like it was an interception, and then that was the start of four consecutive scoring drives for Northwestern. And obviously the defense, Maryland's defense, was able to buckle down in the second half, uh, allowed nine points on six possessions there. But it just it, it felt like every single time the offense really needed to do something outside of that uh, that last uh, that, that touchdown in the final minutes of the fourth quarter there, Maryland just really just let it all slip away. Yeah, and it was a series of miscues that looked like, you know, the equivalent of Locks's first year in College Park. Bad penalties, you know, the offensive pass interference against Jayshon Jones, I felt like, was was a defining moment in the game. And then the late hits come back. It seems like 
Loxley really had the team believing in themselves that they could accomplish more. And then the second they that's that second half at Ohio State happened to now, they just said we bought into something that I guess wasn't true. That that's seemingly having coached teams with with players similar age. That seems to be what you get these days. And as a coach and as a program, you have to move past that. I mean, you get you got guys that have been playing college football for six years, and and they just yeah. seem to not not be present, not 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 be ready to play or seemingly some guys on the sideline walking past it a couple of times look like they didn't really want to be there. Frankly. I mean, it was a really, really ugly scene from the emotions of the team. And then ultimately on the field, look, the plays were there. I mean, Ty Felton had that ball in both of his hands on the five yard line, less than a minute left to play and probably puts Maryland in position to at least get to the one yard line for a second time sure. in the game and see what happens from there. But Echoes of the Purdue game from last year and and plenty in in the history book, but this one really goes for at least for me in its own category, just because this team had me believing that they could that they would be in a spot, and certainly not a five and three going into a gauntlet of a schedule with teams that are really starting to kick it into high gear as as the season comes to a close. Yeah, I mean, you know, last two weeks, you know, you get a chance. I guess if you kind of look at going into Northwest this Northwestern game again, you get a chance to prove that the Illinois game is the outlier, that that's the, you know, uh, no team wants to have that one letdown game, but you prove that it is the one letdown game. But, you know, I think that this game is, and I, I again, I tweeted, this is the worst loss because it's, because it's year five. Again, the Penn State, the Iowa, you know, the getting blown out by Ohio State, like all those in the past, you know, they're bad losses, but they're humbling. You know, they bring you back down to earth. This is when it's, followed by a bye, which is followed by a humbling loss at home against Illinois. Uh, this is this is probably the lowest point of the Mike Loxley era in College Park. Um, and I, I, again, I throw 2019 out because there was just so much change. There was so much turmoil, so much that had to be established in terms of what's expected from a day-to-day uh, um, perspective within the program. But again, you just look at today, last year, this year, was really a chance for Maryland to kind of take that next step. And, you know, you go into 2023, talk about, again, the, the Big Ten championships. You have a fourth-year quarterback. You have a front seven that, you know, even though you replace a lot along the defensive line, and, you know, we got a chance to see uh, Tyzee Johnson make a couple plays. Christian Fuller did a little bit. Isaac Bunyan as well. Um, but, um, you know, again, just, just kind of having this type of performance when it's all your guys, when it's a chance to, again, uh, we're, we're, we were talking about checking off that final box and, you know, taking down one of these Big Ten elites this year. Um, so we got one of them coming into College Park next weekend. But uh, I think there's a list of questions that need to be answered before we really ask ourselves if Maryland can uh, can take down Penn State. Yeah, yeah and, and there's a lot of, um, I guess, moving forward needed. Uh, I thought what Loxley said in the postgame uh press conference and Ahmed, I'm sure you could see it over, over the zoom and on the video of it, but he, that was probably the angriest I've ever seen Michael Oxley uh, in, in a stretch of time. And yeah, you mentioned 73 to 14 at Ohio state in this first year, the 59, uh, I guess it was 59, nothing or 59, three game at home against Penn state the temple game that year. But as far as I, I went back on the Turp talk post game show, we did right after that. And I said, it almost looked like a guy that's coached his entire life and has gotten seemingly to a point where he's the head coach of a program with the team they grew up with. And it doesn't seem to be going his way either. You know, it's not only the players that face that it's, it's the coaches, you know, they come in 
every week they're paid the big money to set the program up, as they always say, set the players up for success, give them, you know, the scheme to it. And and ultimately, some sort of soul searching or, or wayfinding is needed across the board. And Locke said that, but I've not necessarily seen him that that almost like rattled, angry look that he had. I mean, I know he gets like that. I've, everybody that follows the program, obviously, you can't coach a team like this and and not see it that way. But it was it was a different feeling. You know, the Illinois game was bad, as you said, but this one was just just plain old ugly. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, what's I mean, like you said, you know, we we we've we've seen him mad before. This isn't the first time where we've heard him say we need to review everything, and it starts with myself. I'm the leader, and he does a great job. I mean, you know. A lot of people shit on locks, but when you, you look at a guy like Shane Beamer, where he's coming up with all these excuses, talking about the refs and, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, what was it? He was talking about the sideline officials and some shit like that. I mean, you know, locks, he always takes that accountability. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there has to be a sentiment of just realizing that they're just words and, you know, what changes? Um, you know, again, this first five weeks, these unforced errors, the, the discipline was, was there. I mean, uh, it's these last couple of weeks when, Unfortunately, it's the first time this team has really faced adversity and you're starting to see that discipline kind of unravel. Um, and again, I'll go back to it. It's year five. This, those kinds of problems shouldn't be happening. I mean, what the, the culture, the, 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 the standard, what Loxie always refers to, that's pretty established at this point. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, having Fanage Gote. When we talk about Sean Jones having a 60-year guy on the offensive side of the ball, Fanage Gote is another guy on the defense side of the ball. Hey, he was called for an unsportsmanlike as well. So, um, I think it's just a little bit concerning, you know, I think it just Northwestern was uh, specific. Uh, Brendan Sullivan, I think kind of the expectation kind of going into this week was that he was going to start with Ben Bryant, expected to be sidelined for the third straight game. Um, Maryland did a really poor job just kind of containing him, whether it's through the air, through the run, kind of for over 300 yards, um, uh, all-purpose yards, 265 through the air, finished 16 of 23, two touchdowns. Um, just kind of felt that, you know, the game plan Loxley said, hey, we're going to stop the run against Northwestern. And it was pretty clear that uh, what what Merrill needed to do in order to do that and um, just just kind of lack of execution on the defensive side early. Yeah, it, it's almost like, you know, for those of you that, that watch this, what, having to watch what I guess now is the Washington Commanders and Maryland football every weekend is just such a curse in the same way that they have so many of the same problems. And the one that just drives me bonkers between the two, but especially with Maryland, the lack of being able to contain the pocket, you know, the lack of being able to set the edge with this defense early. It was the zone runs and and just the lack of eye discipline, gap discipline. I mean, you could throw out every, you know, coach speak football term for a linebacker and for a defensive end and just weren't executing at a high level. And look, Ruben Hippolyte said it after the game. I said it on our podcast earlier this week. A lot of teams Brendan Sullivan's had success against this year. It's been the first time that he's played against them. Last year, we played the same quarterback who tried to do the same things. Yep. And you can't say it was, you know, the first time we saw the guy or there isn't film or, you know, all those excuses are thrown out the window. You have two weeks of preparation for a guy who likes to get outside the pocket, likes to make plays from outside the pocket, can run the ball, and he's a big guy. He's a hard guy to take down. You got to have some level of just just mental wherewithal to do the things you're supposed to do and not take the bait. And, and then later in the game, they ran a fantastic game plan of turning the zone runs into screen passes because they noticed yeah. that, again, now your ends are crashing down trying to stop the zone run. So some of them, again, the cross-screen game, 
the flats, the same things that Maryland's been exposed on all season, just a perfect game plan of looking at everything that's gone well against this defense, which is a fairly decent unit as a whole. But, man, does it have some holes. And we've talked about the nickelback being an error spot. It, 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 it's it's bad. Jaquan Shepard and Tarheep still are going backwards. There's just there's a lot to look at right now that a- any team with coaching staff that has some time to prepare can can pull out, and you got to start to stop those things. Yeah, I mean completely. I mean it wasn't. It looked obviously the secondary gave up big plays for the third consecutive week. <clears throat> obviously Bryce Kurtz was able to find some success. Isaiah Williams, Marvin Harrison, all those guys have been able to kind of torch the secondary. But yeah, I think the the most concerning part is they had two weeks to prepare, and it's not like. Uh, it's not like Northwestern did anything that was, you know, really out of the ordinary. Um, so it's just, uh, I think the Illinois loss was humbling and, and this one was puzzling. So um, uh, overall, just, again, the worst performance, the worst outcome uh, of the Loxie era. Um, and they're going to have to figure out a way to write the ship very quickly. Yeah, you mentioned the standard and it's something that I want to go back to. And it's something that I feel like need, needs at this point to be to be said is is that applies to everybody that's in the program. That's what Loxley says all the time. So I almost feel like maybe we're not seeing that actually be put into practice. At at some point, every player, quarterback included, all the marketing material that's you know out there on some of these guys. Frankly, if they turn on the tape this week and those guys aren't doing their job, the same rules have to apply to the coaches, the players. You know, if you if you're going to promote that to be your phrase that you go to. And he actually, he did not say it once, I believe, in the press conference. He did not use the phrase, the standard, but the players certainly did. Yeah. Is next week, if they go out and, you know, that's a tough matchup. We've, we've both said that throughout this entire season. That's the game they're probably going to get blown out in, even when we were a little bit high on the expectation. But I guess going into this week, definitely going into the week after next, that's got to apply to everybody, even if it's the quarterback. Because I know that Loxley, you know, he loves his quarterback, and and I understand that as a coach. But at some level, everybody has to be considered under that. And there's a lot of guys in their last, you know, year here in their last, you know, that came back for this moment that turned down NIL deals, all that stuff. But at some point, the performance on the field has to has to equal that. That's really what matters. Getting now what's going to be a hard sixth the win to get yeah. has to be the goal just to stay alive. I mean, to have anybody in the stands is already struggling in so many areas in this football program in a purely financial standpoint that um, you just got to start to consider who belongs at who gives me the best chance to win tomorrow has got to be the, the phrase in the building. Yeah. I mean, you talk about fan support, like the next two games, I mean, look at how Maryland fared uh, really second half against Ohio state, Illinois, uh, again, now Northwestern. Then you consider the next two home games, last two home games are Penn State, Michigan. And uh, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to expect anything other than, you know, less than uh, 60, 65% opposing fans. So, but yeah, when you talk about just the accountability and, um, and and that, and just kind of from a top, top down perspective, I mean, definitely needs to be had, but um, I think just overall, again, when you look at just getting back to six wins, you know, that's. It's not going to be easy. You know, Nebraska is going to be a tough place to play. Nebraska's, or excuse me, Rutgers is no easy opponent, and it's on the road this year, Thanksgiving weekend. So, um, you know, I think 
think the the big thing right now is when you talk about you know that standard and that you know that it goes to everyone inside the program. You know, you know again we're we're, we're weeks removed, about two months removed now from Lochte saying I love the coaching this team. I'll, I'll, work, I'll, I'll go to battle with these guys any day, and you know those are all um, reflective of the team culture, the team camaraderie, like that that bond um, and the, the the relationship, the trust between the coach and staff, and that looms largest when you go through that adversity. And in years past covering the program, I mean, 2020 was a brutal year. And I think that was, you know, just COVID kind of magnified it. 2021, you know, when they lost the, they went through their losing stretch, there were definitely, you know, some negative rumblings in the locker room. Um, And I think that's kind of where I think that accountability maybe has to show up now is kind of keeping the locker room, those guys that you brought back for, you know, fifth, sixth years to, to kind of lead the locker room to kind of be those guys um, that I think that's kind of where they, they need to, to kind of step up right now. And um, that's probably the, the biggest key to be able to get to bowl eligibility, because um, as we've seen earlier in the year, I mean, hell, that Virginia week, uh, week three win looks better and better each week. But um, I think I think in order for Maryland to get back to playing to how they did against Virginia and early on in the season, um, it kind of starts with maybe some accountability with, with some of the players in the locker room. But uh, again, the, the coaches are far from exempt. Um, you know, the, the questionable decisions and all that has been evident for years now, but um, they, they need to be had uh, some tough conversations there as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, you go into this next week kind of looking forward. I feel like there's a lot of times to talk about the Penn State game. Obviously, we'll have a usual Tuesday night uh, show where we'll dive into that. Uh, Ahmed, really anything else to add? I feel like we're saying the same points over and over again. That, and they're true, and they certainly need to be said. But it's it's just a tough game to look at. It's really just a tough game to – I mean, I'll probably go back and watch it because that's just what I do. But uh, it's certainly not, not going to be a fun time. No, absolutely. And, again, you know, just it's it leaves – maybe accentuates the same uh, – the sour taste in your mouth that, you know, a lot of fans felt um, that we both felt after the Illinois loss. So, um Again, the, the competition won't get any easier. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing else that we can say at this point um, between this loss and the North and the Illinois loss. Um, but at this point, you know, uh, Maryland's going to have to prove it in order to win some of these fans back. Yeah, that sure is true, and a I guess fitting or disastrous end to a not so good week for uh, the Maryland football program from last weekend. Kevin Sumlin this weekend. The questions about Josh Gaddis all leads to a disastrous loss against Northwestern. And, you know, it's the joy and the, and the downside of, of college football and football, you know, two weeks or three weeks ago, everyone's thinking, you know, we'll be sitting here seven and one going into a game, you know, still on national television, but going into a a big time opportunity and in in the shell with a, um, you know, new uniform set and like all this great stuff going around. What's I guess a game that we're not going to see that much anymore in college park between Maryland and Penn state, I guess every three years it's on the schedule for now. Um, but boy, does that turn and just come back and smack you in the face when your uh, team does not come out prepared to play? Cause it's, it's going to be a Penn state fan invasion. It's going to be a, probably oh, yeah. an ugly game. And Hey, maybe this will be the year something good happens because we've certainly come in flying high into these games and gotten punched in the face. So maybe uh, put the heads down and, and actually get back to the team that we expected to see, but I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, but again, 
they're going to have to to prove that they can be that type of team before uh, before at least uh, either of us will will be uh, shouting either shouting shouting that. Yeah, as always, make sure to subscribe to InsideTheBlackAndGold.net for all of Ahmed's great coverage of Maryland football. And hey, basketball season only a few short days away. Uh, had to throw that into the podcast. I just just had to say it today. Uh, as always, subscribe to this show wherever you watch it. Uh, like it, it really helps us out. And for Ahmed Gafir, I am Mason Viner. As always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.